Nations, Namibia, and others. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast. I've been kind of slacking, y'all. I apologize. I've just been posting the straight from the hips. And that's it. So, today on this pop-up, I got to get a lot of stuff off of my chest, man. I haven't talked to you guys in a while, so let's get it. On the docket for today, going to talk about that former Washington QB, RG3. I got to talk about Scottie Pippen, just a little bit, just a little bit. Also got to talk about the one thing and the one player that everyone thinks that I just hate, and that's LeBron James. And also, I'm going to talk a little bit about Chris Paul. Last but not least, the demise of the Dallas Cowboys. Because it's coming. But let's go for this little break, and we're going to get in this conversation. All right, ladies and gentlemen. First, I want to say I apologize for all the bumping noises and everything in the background. I am on my way home. Basketball season is up and kicking, baby. And I'm getting my job done. But first, we got to talk about this book by RG3, man. RG3 is writing a tell-all book about his experience with the Washington football team. Now, for a guy like myself, I really truly enjoy these things to come out. Why? Because you start seeing the hypocrisy from the person that's actually writing the book. But in this case, does he have any reason to lie? Is he broke? Does he have a Scottie Pippen situation? But we'll talk about Scotty in a second. But let's, let's, let's stay focused with this RG3 situation. For me, I think I'm about tired of all these tell-all books. Now, will I read it? Absolutely. I have to read this. For, for three reasons, three simple reasons. RG3 had big problems coming to Washington. His dad was always around. His dad always had vocals. Um, He never realized that an injury was something serious. So he always played hurt. And I think secretly he's just full of himself. Those three things were, for me, in my opinion, his demise with the Washington football team Redskins at that particular time. So, if RG3 decides to write this book and he leaves out any of those three things, the book is a failure. He cannot write a book and lie about himself. It incriminates anything else that is put in the book. Okay? So apparently, this book is going to speak on Daniel Snyder. It's going to bring up a few things that should be brought out in those emails that was never brought out. 
fact that how the team turned on him and and started to be more towards Kirk Cousins, and that's Kirk with a K, not T. And also Colt McCoy. And we'll tell another story about how Mike Shanahan did not initially want him and Jay Gruden wanted to get rid of him but couldn't. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of stuff that's going to be talked about in this book. Now, to anybody that follow NFL football since 2010, they have to understand that red light camera there's a lot of situations going on as far as injuries with Robert Griffin III. And I'm sorry, 2012. Well, I'll say 2010 because it was a college situation as well. So let's give you a small little background with Robert Griffin III. Heisman Trophy winner at Baylor. But while he was at Baylor, he tore his ACL. So coming into the league, he already had knee issues. So for me, if you had surgery on the knee, you got knee issues, especially an ACL. So in his first season in the NFL, he brought so much excitement to Washington that I felt that as a fan, he did not want to lose any of that. What do I mean by that? He came out the gates running against the New Orleans Saints, destroyed on the first game of his National Football League career. And, and that particular year in that draft, if you guys remember, it had three prominent quarterbacks. Him, Andrew Luck, and a pick cut that came later on in the third round, Russell Wilson. I won't include Kirk Cousins because even though I had Kirk a little bit higher on my list for quarterbacks, I thought the quarterback list should have been Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Robert Griffin III. Anybody else doesn't care. I don't. But that's how I had my list, and I wish I still had the, the stuff because people will always say that, Irvin, we don't believe you making this up later on, blah, blah, blah. That's what I said. I was the person that said I never understood why Russell Wilson got so downgraded as a quarterback, and all he did was win. He won at NC State. He won at Wisconsin, and as we see right now, he's winning in the National Football League. The tape doesn't lie. Same issue with Andrew Luck. Now, RG3 had a down year in Baylor, mainly because of injury. Kirk Cousins was always at the top, and Michigan State had good teams, partially because of him and Le'Veon Bell, so I won't put it all on Kirk. But the bottom line is, Everyone didn't have a serious injury like RG3 had. So I kind of put that a little bit further down because it was a knee injury. So in his first year against the Baltimore Ravens, he had one of these ugly hits that made his knee snap. And if you guys watch the games, you've seen it before. It was ugly. And it was so ugly as a fan. I wanted him to just say, call it a, call it a season. It's your job. You're the number two pick in the draft. Call it a season. There's no reason for you to come back. What does he do? He just misses one week and comes back. 
So if anybody's seen the hit that Helote Nada put on Robert Griffin III, it was ugly. It looked like he tore his ACL right there. But we all know how NFL doctors are. They said it was a bone bruise. There ain't no bone bruise. His, la his leg literally snapped sideways. To the point where he was limping on a lot of the runs he had the remainder of the season. And I felt that Kirk Cousins could have stepped in and ran the show for the last, I want to say, six games of the year, that particular year. It was his job. So what happened? They ended up going on a winning streak. They made the playoffs. And in that playoff game where it was a good game, he snaps his leg. So here we go with stage two. All in for week one instead of just getting healthy and making sure he was 100%, he had to make sure he got back for that first week. Now, for anybody that's coming off of an injury, especially a quarterback, if you don't have time to focus on your mind, learning the plays, understanding new things, doing this, doing that, you cannot just come back on the field and think you're going to be the same person you was when you got off. The communication was off. The audibles were off. So many things were off. And what happened? He blamed everybody else. To the point, it got, it, until it got to the point where the coach said, we all got to get better as a team. But we all knew he was talking about Robert. So as we got to, I want to say the sixth, seventh game of that year, he ended up tweaking an injury, you know, all that good stuff, this, this, this. But Washington had a bad season, okay? Listen, I was one of Robert's biggest fans, mostly because I was a Washington fan. But if you ask anybody, I always wanted this guy to get a chance, but I wanted him to get healthy. But he pushed himself to come back. He pushed himself on the field. He told the team this and that. If he tries to disregard any of that and lie, the book is a fraud. What is he going to say? Mike Shanahan forced me to come in. Mike Shanahan was cool with his son Kyle running an offense led by Kirk Cousins. He was. For Robert, all he had to do was get 100% healthy and the job was his. He wasn't losing that job. It was a number two pick. They paying him too much to sit on the bench? Please. He's not Josh Rosen, okay? Now, on part three of this, and I'll conclude and go on to the next topic, the Washington organization is, is in shambles. It's been in shambles since 1995. I think that's when Daniel Snyder bought the team. He bought the team as a fan and not as a guy that can run an organization. So for a lot of these guys that ended up owning NFL teams, they have no clue what they're doing. That's why a lot of the owners will always say, and I'm sorry, not owners, but GMs and head coaches have, will say, we have to hire football guys to run this team. For the first 20 years, Daniel Snyder was running this team. Daniel Snyder's not a football guy. He just enjoys the game. 
and that's fine. But if you, you don't understand football, how are you going to make decisions to help your team? So, that's me speaking as a Washington fan. RG3, I know I'm leaving out a lot of things that I can get on you about. I really want this book to succeed. I never want anybody to put their words and get any negative reaction. But the first lie that I see in this book, I'm calling fraud. Now, on to the next topic. I need to bring up Scottie Pippen. You guys got a nice little brief word about how I felt about Scotty. But Scotty Pippen, man. Is he on drugs? Is he using? Ultimately, I think Scotty Pippen is broke. Okay? Scotty Pippen is writing a book, Unguarded. I'm, I talked about this in one of my previous podcasts. And Scotty Pippen needs help. This is the same guy that was okay with the last dance, that was okay with the situation in, in Chicago, that was okay with the decisions that he made in Chicago. Multiple times people tried to assist him in, in decisions that he made in Chicago. Ended up marrying a, a woman that, for obvious reasons, let, let me first Steve of all. Let me camera reported ahead. I tell people this all the time. You have to love and marry a woman that is correct for you. You cannot love and marry a woman that's around because you have something that they want. And Larsa Pippen obviously was around because Scottie Pippen had money. You don't believe me? Look who she's running behind right now. Look who she ran after Scottie Pippen. She don't have any any family qualities that go with somebody who has money. She's there for the money. And it's sad. And I tell this to a lot of people. You'll find your real love when they don't have a clue what you do. So for Scotty, I, I want to say he's broke, okay? Maybe he's paying some stuff to. So I'll just say this. I really need to read this Scotty Pippen book. This guy has a lot to say. And the same thing goes for Scotty that goes for Robert. The second you put something out there that is a complete fabric fabrication of the truth, the book is a fraud, okay? There's no way around it. The book is a fraud. I hope the best for you, Scotty, man. You deserve it. Speed camera reported ahead. I've met you before in passing. It was a long time ago. I was before I got to high school. You were a cool dude. But sometimes you just need to shut the F up. Next. Let's talk about LeBron. Now, I know you guys hate when I bring up LeBron. But I got to do it, okay? 
LeBron James is by far the best player in this generation. There's no argument. But I swear, every time that I talk to a LeBron James fan, it makes me not like LeBron at all. Speed camera reported that's ahead. Hard. That's very difficult to do. For one, every time I bring up a conversation about LeBron, I can say something good, but if it's not good to the level of a LeBron fan, I'm a hater. I'm a, I'm a huge hater. Make that make sense to me. Here's a conversation that I had with a friend of mine the other day. I said, man, LeBron James could be out of this world if he would just stop hiding on the fifth best player while he's playing defense. In my eyes, I'm saying he's the best in this generation, but if he step his game up to do an extra bid on defense, not only will the Lakers defense be so much better, his legacy would be so much better. There would be no, there should be no question he is the greatest player of all time. But for me, you have to be a two-way player to be listed as the greatest player of all time. Chase down blocks is not two-way player. Shutting down a team, shutting down the best player on the other team has you at the top of best of all time. Bottom line. For a guy with his skill set, if he just gave three extra percent on defense, the man would be... Listen, people like to compare stats totals for LeBron because they know his longevity will trump everything else. But if you do per season, his longevity doesn't trump everyone else. It doesn't. Like I tell people, I do not look at stats when I choose my greatest of all time. I look at the film. The film will tell you way more than what numbers will tell, especially in this NBA day and time. Case in point, how can I compare a player in the 90s, the 80s, and the 70s when the scores would rarely get to 100 and say, this guy's a scorer? compared to a guy playing in this this day and age when the league is averaging 30 to 40 more points a game and more threes per game. Think about that. Larry Bird was by far one of the best shooters of all time. But he only shot two three threes a game for a career. He didn't need to. He was more efficient everywhere else on the court. He was also a strong defender. He wasn't the best, but he was a strong defender. He was an amazing passer. I used to tell people all the time, Larry Bird could pass the ball. Larry Bird had passes out of his ass. He could challenge LeBron for a good passer at the small forward position. If you argue that, you are not 
allowed to speak in this argument. Period. Has LeBron thrown a full court behind the back pass on the money? No, Larry Bird has. Speed camera Every reported other pass ahead. in the playbook, both of them can do. There's no argument who's better. Both of them can pass. Both of them have different forms of passing. I've watched Bird. He didn't get out the league till 92. I was in my I was in my teens. The 10 I was 10 when he retired. I was able to see Larry Bird. But this is what I'm saying. I bring up value arguments. Solid arguments. We can have a debate, but the second you say I can't compare, we can't talk. Literally. Think about that. But I need to talk about LeBron right now. LeBron is not healthy. And with an unhealthy LeBron, with the team that is formed right now, these Lakers are in trouble. Now, I predicted this after the very first game of the preseason. The Lakers are going to have to make two different trades. It has to happen. Russell Westbrook might be involved in a trade. It has to happen. And they might get rid of one of those bigs. I'm thinking DeAndre Jordan. I'm telling you. Like, the pickup of Avery Bradley, I like, but I don't like for that team. And people will say, oh, Irvin, you're just hating. Listen, I'm a guy that has been watching basketball for over 30 years and has taken it very seriously to the point where I can understand what fits well with players. And with a guy like LeBron and a guy like Russell Westbrook and a guy like Anthony Davis, you basically have two LeBrons in Russell Westbrook and, Le and, and LeBron James. And you got a guy who should be ball dominant because he's an effective offensive player and, a, and an effective defensive player in Anthony Davis. That's three ball dominant guys that's hard to be ball dominant with. DeAndre Jordan and, and Dwight Howard are good role players, roll to the basket. So now you got Wayne Ellington and Malik Monk. Malik Monk is a good slasher that just got an effective jumper but if Malik Monk is slashing the paint is crowded so you have to get a guy like a JJ Reddick you have to get a guy like uh, um, uh, um, Tim Hardaway Jr you have to get a guy that, that like a Seth Curry a guy that can uh, spread the court and do things that relinquish crowding in the paint because your entire Lakers team is crowding the paint and when they don't crowd the paint they're shooting stupid shots I think the only person on the Lakers that's not stu shooting stupid shots is Carmelo Melo is by far playing great basketball right now 
But until they fix this, the Lakers will just be a 500 team that's going to make the playoffs and lose in the first round. And if they don't lose in the first round, they'll lose in the second round just because their talent is just way better than everyone else. But if you think they're winning the championship, you're, 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 you're just... Speed camera reported ahead. But enough about that. Let's transition a little bit. What is up with the lack of respect for Chris Paul? Listen, this guy has done nothing but make every single team he's played on a jillion times better. Look at this Phoenix Suns team right now. They did not lose the entire month of November at all. At all. Before the bubble, they were just a fringe team. A team that was solid, had great talent, but just needed one piece. Hello, there's your one piece. The same situation with the Clippers. Same situation with the Hornets. Same situation with the Rockets. The Rockets had a real good chance to do some damage, but CP3 got hurt. Okay. This is insane how we don't give props to good players like Chris Paul to the point where it's annoying, very annoying. People say I hate on LeBron. Where's the love for Chris Paul? Where? He legit needs some serious love, man. And I don't I don't approve. Okay? We gotta do something about this, man. Chris Paul deserves every flowers that he gets. He needs to get more, triple the size, okay? It's not up for debate. Now, I need to take a break. I need to get some juice, some water, clear my throat. And we gotta talk about these Dallas Cowboys and these trash team. All right, all right, let's talk about these. Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, these Dallas Cowboys. Boy, boy, boy. Let me tell you something about these Dallas Cowboys. Y'all make me laugh every single year. You know what? I'm not even going to say nothing about Dallas Cowboys. You know who this is geared to? And I, I'm a, I think I'm going to title this podcast a pop-up podcast for the fans. This podcast is geared towards the Dallas Cowboy fans. The delusional, the idiotic, the the blind cowboy fans. This isn't all cowboy fans. There's I got a couple friends that, that understand what the situation is right now. This is sad right now. I told you guys from day one of the season, the beginning schedule is a cakewalk. You'll lose to Tampa and then you'll start winning. But as soon as you guys get to like week seven and eight, you guys need to be at least three games up front in front of everyone in the NFC East. So far, so good. But then, and hauled off and lost three straight games. And now, and I hate the Philadelphia Eagles because. As soon as that eighth game came and Dallas was seven and one and I was looking at the schedule and I was just like, 
the Eagles has the easiest schedule. I think the Eagles are going to catch the Cowboys. And you know what everybody did to me? They laughed in my face. And guess what I said? All right. So, Dallas, Dallas, Dallas. Dallas has lost three games in a row. They're two games up in the NFC East. And they have the hardest schedule remaining out of all the teams in the NFC East. Now, here we go. So, I'm just going to say this. Oh, let us pray. Let us pray that Dallas doesn't fold. It's not looking good. You had three people on COVID for the last two weeks. Now you got eight for this coming week, including your head coach. And you play the New Orleans Saints with a quarterback who hasn't started at quarterback this year. So you don't know what he's going to give you. Good luck. Because... Washington and Philly have a great chance of catching you. And to be honest, we can add New York. As much as I don't like how New York is playing football right now, <clears throat> they ended up beating Philly, who I thought Philly was going to destroy, and be one game out this week. But anything can happen right now. So Dallas fans, I got two words for you. <laughs> Matter of fact, I got three words for you. I told you so. When will you guys learn? This happens every year. So, we're going to pray for Dallas. Hopefully, they begin winning some games. Before you Cowboy fans, I'm just going to say this. Come back to reality, please. Please. Pretty please. Okay. Do me do me one solid. This is what I want you guys to do. Go in the kitchen, get a get a glass of lemonade, take a sip, and humble yourself. Can you do that for me? Can you, please? So that's how I'm gonna end this podcast. So check this out. Basketball season is heavy for me. I'm going to try to do a pop podcast as much as I can. Um, it's going to be hectic. So tomorrow, pretty much after 12 o'clock, there's no contact with me. So shout out to Walter Johnson, girls basketball team. We're going all the way, baby. Got a bunch of hard heads with good hearts that love to learn, and we're going to get some dubs this year. So, to Montgomery County, watch out. Go Cats. I'll holler at you guys later. Follow me on all my socials. Bigger716 is the name. If you guys want to follow my coaching page, it's Coach, I-R-V-I-N-P-A-Y-N-E, my name, for all updates. I'm going to holler at you guys later. Peace out.